Awesome. So today's Vision Sunday, and I want to encourage you. I'm, I'm always going to teach uh, the Word of God, grace, and peace. And we had a relationship series in February. We talked about Christ and his life through March. We had Good Friday. We talked about Christ on Easter. I'm going to always teach you principles of life. But once or twice a year, what I like to do is, is slow it down. And talk about our church. Someone say our church. church. And I want to talk about where we are and where we want to go. So this is a very, very practical um, church-centered message. And um, after six years of of holding public services, there's always been this, it's a good tension, a tension between where we are and where we want to be. And um, in the present, we have vision for the future. But between the present and the future is vision gap. Someone say vision gap. Vision gap. There's a gap between where we are and where we want to be. And uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about that here in a moment. But our vision can be summed up in like three buckets. Because Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he told the church, he said, go and make disciples. Share the gospel. Share the good news about who I am. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so... We sum that up by saying we have these three buckets of vision. Number one is, if you're taking notes, it's global. So we have a global mandate from Christ to reach the world. And under our global bucket, if you were to turn that bucket upside down, what would come out right now is our partnership with Hope International Project. And they serve across the world. And uh, we sent a missions team out with them last year. Uh, It was nine of us that went. And uh, we built three homes. We supported them uh, from a financial standpoint, feeding the hungry, supporting them, and fulfilling the needs that they had for school supplies. And they trained pastors on the ground, Hope International Project. And we also, we're not their largest partner, but uh, we've sponsored the most children in the, in the country of Myanmar. And so we can celebrate that. That's great. Um, and so thank you for your generosity in that regard. You're feeding children. You're, you're clothing them. You're, you're, you're preparing them for their future. And we want to do more of that. So that's where we are now, but we want to do more of that. So that vision is not this year, but next year because we want to make it excellent. And we want to send more than nine people. We're going to send another missions team next year. And so you're going to hear a lot about that in December and January. More people. It's going to be good. And then we have a national bucket. And if you were to turn that bucket upside down, um, our partnership with the ARC would come out. The ARC. So the ARC, and it should pop up here, is the Association of Related Churches. And the ARC has been around for almost 20 years. And the ARC starts churches across the world, but predominantly in America. The ARC has started over 1,000 churches, 90% of which are still up and going. They're thriving. Uh, These churches have outreach platforms. They have global national mandates. Um, They're reaching people. Analytics show that the most effective way to reach the unchurched or the de-churched, because a lot of people have left the church, is to start new churches. And so the ARC is always starting 20, 30 churches at a time in any given season. And we didn't start Highlight through ARC, but we believe in what they do. And we've been supporting and giving to the ARC for six years now, every month, 
your finances goes to planting other churches across America. And so many people have been saved. So many families have been restored because of the seed that you're sowing with the ark. And then we have the local bucket. If you were to turn the local bucket over, um, we have a lot of things, but I want to focus on really, um, I think three or four I have. Um, Highlight kids. So we're always seeking to invest into our kids, make those environments better. Um, They're the next generation, along with Highlight Youth. They're the next generation of leaders, and so a lot of cool things happening in Highlight Youth. They're going to a summer conference in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Last year, they went to Memphis. So a lot of of good things going on. A lot of kids coming to Christ, and they're sharing their faith in school. They're inviting their their friends to church, inviting their friends to youth. So come on out. A lot of great things going on in the youth. And um, I remember uh, Anissa kind of, Anissa and a small team led the way in starting the youth. Um, and they would have one, they would have two, they would have three, but, but now we're averaging in the 20s. And so it, it's, it's a growth process. And, and now when I look out and preach, like I'm like, everyone need to take notes. And the adults are y'all kind of taking notes, but the kids, the kids were like, you know, like I, I love the youth, the youth are. They're good. So there are, you know, there are future doctors, our future politicians, our future scientists. So we got we to gotta raise them up. And um, a lot of vision for them. And then we have this long-term vision by 2040. God has called us to start 20 locations by the year of 2040. But before we get to 20, we got to get to two. And so, and and he will not let up on this date. And (laughs) as a visionary, it's coming too fast. Like, because you think you got a year and a half, but a year and a half is like, it's nothing. So next year, we're going to be launching Highlight Church Frederick in the fall of 2024. And... and actually, there are a lot of volunteers and superheroes that live in Frederick County, so we already have the manpower, and I believe we're raising up the leaders, but the gap mm-hmm. is usually finances. Yeah. So that, that's the difference maker between where we are and where we want to be. It's typically leadership and finances, and everyone in this building has a call to be a leader. Uh, Megan leads me every single day. She, she's somewhere around here, but she leads me every day. She'll come to the office, Pastor, what do you want for lunch? And I'm like, I want some chicken. She's like, no, you don't. You want a burger. I say, yeah, I want a burger. I want a burger. That's, that's leadership, you know what I mean? So every, I'm like, you're a leader. If you can convince somebody, you're, you're a leader. You're right. That's that galvanizing. That's that working genius. And so everyone's a leader and everyone has a, has a part to play when it comes to building the kingdom. Today I want to go to Acts chapter 4. Last week, Pastor Chow took us through Acts chapter 2. The church was born almost 2,000 years ago. The Holy Spirit has been given to believers. And when the church was born, they formed, they formed a community. And what they did was they built relationships and they made a difference. Through Acts 3, they grew So it went from 3,000 to about 6,000 people right there in Jerusalem. And it says this here, but something powerful was happening in the hearts of the believers. And they were giving at a very high level. It says this here, Acts chapter 4, verse 32. All the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles, the church leaders, testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's great blessing was upon them all. And it says this here, 
There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi, which is the the priesthood of the children of Israel. So there was something in him that it was natural for him to serve people. He, he had the bloodline of a priest. And so he would show up and he would show up to pray for people and to give and, and to lift people up. Barnabas or Joseph would not show up to church and just say, feed me, feed me, feed me. Lift me up, lift me up, lift. He was always ready to lift up someone else. And it says it's here that he sold a field he owned. And brought the money to the apostles. So we we see unity. We see momentum. The Bible says the blessing of God was on all of them. And I like to think that the blessing of God rests on the church because all of them were unified in generosity. Right? All of them were unified in generosity. So one big thought we can take away here is this. Is that followers of Jesus are financially involved in the life of their church. Yes. So if you're, if you're not a believer or a follower of Christ, we're so glad you're here. Thank you for spending some time with us today. You can cut me off right now if you want. But if you are a follower of Christ, we got we to gotta lean into this because we're, we're called to not just serve, but to be financially involved in the life of our church. And I want to go ahead and make this disclaimer. Um, this is not a, a desperate message. Um, we have multiple accounts. All of them are in the super black. Like I'm not, as a matter of fact, I go home very peaceful at night. Like we're, we're good. We're good to go. Um, we're debt free. We don't operate on credit. We operate on all cash. Um, we can, that's fine. So I'm not out here trying to get anything from you. I don't want anything from you. Um, as a matter of fact, when the Bible teaches about giving, it teaches more about what God wants to do for you. And so he's just given us instructions and guidance for the money that he's created and for the strength he's given us to gain that money that he puts in our pocket. And he gives us instructions to increase our resource. So I don't want anything from you. I want everything for you. And another thing, um, if you have the attitude of, um, man, all the church wants is my money, I just want to say this with a lot of love and respect on my heart, is we were here before you, and if you don't come back, we're going to save souls. We're going to fill the building. We're going to be happy. So we love you in Jesus' name. But I just want you to be blessed. Yeah. So when I was preparing for this message, I'm like, okay, it's a vision message. But the Holy Spirit won't, really wants me to press into finances. So give me something fresh, God. Like, yeah. give me something fresh. Because I teach on the tithe like five or six times a year. Like, you probably hear. Matter of fact, Valley Strategy will have a tithing message. Because a lot of people are stressed about finances. And the Bible says that you're under a curse because we're going to deal with this first zone because you won't bring, number one, if you're taking notes, the tithe. You're under, and the word curse in the Hebrew means limitation. You can't, you can't get over it. You're bringing something, but you're not bringing, the word tithe, if you're taking notes, means 10%. 10%. And the Bible teaches that the tithe belongs to God. It says this here in Leviticus 27, verse 30. 10% of everything you harvest belongs to me. It is holy. So that word holy means set apart. So if you were to cash your check, 
because I know we're a digital age, but if you were to cash it and lay it out, the hand of God would <laughs> and say, that 10 belongs to me. That's the, someone say tithe. tithe. The 10% belongs to me. So this is, uh, if you get paid $1,000 on Friday, and if you were to cash it, 100 and he, he also says the best. So the $100 bill that's on the top comes to me. I was raised in a tipping family. So number one, in this Baptist church, we couldn't, um, we couldn't chew gum. So grandma would slot me a peppermint. And, and then when the bucket came around, the ushers would come with their white gloves and hand the bucket. And they would wait on you to give your offering. Mom would put $2 in my hand and I would put $2 in, in the bucket. I mean, God bless them, but they weren't training me up in the right way. I, I wasn't tithing. I was tipping the Lord. And it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like some people say, well, I just got my own apartment, blah, blah, blah. But it's like you giving like $3 every Sunday. How can you afford that apartment? Let me do my math. $3 every Sunday. Three, six, carry it right. Three, six, nine, 12. So you got your own apartment in Maryland. Uh, Montgomery County, most likely. And you're making $1,200 a month. Mm. So the Bible says you're under a curse. All right. So, so, we're, so the Lord says this. The Bible says this. Is that you? So how do I give to God? He's in heaven. I'm in earth. The Bible teaches, write this down, that you should return the tithe to the Lord through your local church. Return. So if this is not your local church, just tell your pastor to send me the thank you note. But return, <laughs> return your tithe to your local church. Where's my local church, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's where you get fed. So where are you being fed? We have a lot of people always walk by and said, I never understood that in Scripture. Thank you for, for helping me understand that. Oh, Good Friday and Easter was so amazing because we talked about death. And what pastors like to do on Good Friday and Easter, they like to keep it clean, right? They, they like, you're going to make it, and God, Jesus got out of the grave. You go get out of the grave, right? You, you, that dream's going to come back to life. That, stop. <laughs> stop it. The most important thing about Easter is that we all die. And one day we're going to rise. The question is, is will we go to heaven or will we go to hell? And the thing that people walk by and say, ah, that was such an amazing message. I'm like, but it's so simple. But y'all don't got shepherds teaching you. So where are you being fed? Where are you being incurred? Where are you, being, where are you building uh, community? You're not lonely anymore. You have friendships. Where are you serving? Where are you growing in the word? Yeah. From, from what church is God opening doors of opportunity for your career and for yeah. school and, and for advancement? That's where your tithe belongs. It belongs in that church. I love this verse here. One of my favorite tithing verses. You should meditate on this. This is so important. In the one case, Hebrews 7, the tenth is collected by people who die. But in the other, so it's collected by pastors and ushers and directors and campus safety. We're all going to pass away. But the same coin, other side, by him who is declared to be living. Happy Easter. 
So what you think is just a, uh, a physical transaction, the Bible, the word of God is saying that when you bring your tithe, you're giving to Jesus. Amen. It's a supernatural transaction. And when you tithe, you're unlocking heaven, yes. Malachi 3, you're unlocking heaven over your life, yes. right? And, and the blessings come in different forms, not just financially. Amen. The, the blessings come in different forms, but Malachi 3 says this, that every time you tithe, God releases a blessing. Yes. So that, here it is. There are some things you're praying about. God has already released it. It's just not time yet. What you got to keep doing is you got to keep praying and you got to keep giving. Because I like to believe that there's a tithe that you're going to give today that is attached to a blessing that's five years down the road. I know this for a fact. It's just that we're not taught on how to identify, wow, that door opened for me, that job opened for me, that must be rooted in the tithe that I gave last year. Every time you tithe, a blessing is released from heaven. I'm going to take you on the water. I'm going to pull you back up real quick. Just stay with me. A woman conceives. She does not have the baby in the moment. She has it nine months later. God sends that soul from heaven. Because it says, I knew you before you were born. So you existed before mom and dad conceived you. The man sowed the seed. The seed... It's fully formed nine months later. That's how tithing works. Yes. You sow the seed. Come on, Pastor. Heaven releases the blessing. Yeah. Months and That's years good. later, you step into the blessing. So get from under the curse. I know mom and dad didn't tithe, but you're grown. You're 15. You work at Chick-fil-A. You work at Chick-fil-A? You ain't tithing? That's God's chicken. That's God's paycheck. Holy. You say it's my pleasure. You're supposed to be tithing. The next zone is the offering zone. Chris, you're funny. The offering, which is the momentum zone. The momentum zone. Someone say momentum. So, so some of you are now, some of you are called to step into that starting zone. Others of you, you're tithing. You're, you're killing it. God is like, yes, he's calling you to get into the momentum zone, the offering. So this is what was happening in Acts when the church was born. Um, people were sick. People were suicidal. People were dying. And if you read Acts, the Bible says that um, Peter was so anointed that people would just rub their handkerchief on Peter and put it on sick people. And they would start to walk and they would start to see and the dead would rise. Some people, Peter had become so powerful because Christ was working in him that if his shadow would just pass by, they would be healed. And, and so as people were being healed, right, marriages change, lives are being changed, purpose is being found clarity people are being financially supported by their brothers and sisters in the lord people are having kids in the church's meal trains for weeks as they're being blessed the holy spirit is cultivating gratitude in their hearts he's cultivating gratitude 
And so the offering is a result of gratitude. Go ahead and write this down. The offering is an overflow of gratitude for God's goodness in your life. That's the offering. And this is above the tithe. This isn't every week. This is when you feel compelled. This is whenever the Bible mentions offering, it says that their hearts were stirred up or their spirits were moved. And they would go to the temple or they would go to the apostles and they would give an offering, an offering. And I think about my life. I, I think about um, I think about how healthy my kids are. I think about my dad. He's 86. He's still in the world. I can call him right now and hear his voice. I think about the the growth of the church. I think about my job. I think about my vehicles. I I think about all these, the healing, God's provision, God's blessing, God's forgiveness, God's grace, God's mercy. I think about that when we die, we're going to heaven. There's a lot to be thankful for. So we bring the offering. So 10 years ago when my wife and I got married, um, we were, uh, we were broke. Like, it's like, it's wealthy, it's rich, it's good, it's poor, it's broke. Whatever's under broke, <laughs> we were, th- I haven't been able to create a word for it. We were like there. Like, we were broke. Like, we were broke, we were we were the parents of broke. <laughs> so like when we, when we had our baby boy, we, his fir- a lot of people don't know this. His first name was Broke. <laughs> broke, Broke Redding. <laughs> yeah. So w- when he came out, the nurse was like, what, what is his name? We shall name him Broke. <laughs> And so Pastor Carl's like, baby, what, what, what are we naming him? I said, babe, don't, shh, shh, he's broke. Don't tell her. That's skin to skin, you know how it is. Take off your shirt, skin to skin. I'm like, it's funny. Why are we in the delivery room? Get back to the message. All right, so, but a few months later, we changed his name to Judah. Um... But we, we would, we would do our budget and, um, you know. Whoa. Okay. Can you do that again, babe? <laughs> take take that out. We don't gotta pay that this week. Negative two fifteen. Negative one hundred eight. Negative five. Sometimes. Negative six. Yes. We're broke now. We're not, we're broke. Yeah, moving up. But that, that was the season where we, we committed to um, increasing our tithe by, well, our offering, because it's beyond the tithe, by 1% every other year. So if you do the math, it's half a percent. We've been married 10 years. So now we're, we're in that momentum zone. Because honestly, you're not generous if you're tithing. That's, that's the starting point. You, you can't claim to be a giver if you're, you're tithing. It's when you get into the offering zone. And it says this here in the Bible. It says, um, I love this. It says, um, um, Psalm 54 says, I will sacrifice. Someone say sacrifice. sacrifice. So I gave my tithe, but instead of buying those shoes or going here, just this week, 
because I'm so grateful for all that God has done in my life. I'm going to sacrifice a free will offering to you. Here it is. I will praise your name, Lord, for it is good. You have delivered me from all my troubles. So, so, so I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And let me tell you something. God is looking for that offering. Don't just think he's like, the tithe belongs to me. He's looking. Y- y'all remember the story, um, for, for some of you that know it, I, but I'll, I'll introduce you to it if you don't. There's a story in the Bible where Jesus heals 10 lepers. He heals them and he sends them on their way. And the Bible says that one of them come back to thank him. Because in the Bible, there are free will offerings. There are peace. God, I just want to make peace with you today. Here's $100. You know, I, I, here's, the, here's a thank offering. So this one leper comes back to thank him. Now, we said that the starting zone is the tithe. So do the math with me. He heals 10. One, what? One returns. So what returned to the Lord? The tithe. Watch Jesus. Go home and read it. You know it, mama. Go home and read it. What did he ask him? He said, didn't I heal 10 of y'all? Where are the other nine? He's looking for that thank you. Because gratitude that's not shown is gratitude that's not known. So you can thank you grateful. I'm a grateful person. God knows I'm thankful. God knows I'm grateful for his blessings. He don't know it till you show it. Child, what's so funny? <laughs> I feel like it's just me and him, you know, me and you. you know. But no, it's true. It's like he said, where are the other nine? So what I want to, I want to give offering, right? Someone say offering. And then it's the gift of giving. This is the next zone. This is the vision zone. Okay. So, so when the church was born, and when, when a person receives Christ, they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's God in your heart. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the guaranteed deposit that you are going to heaven. So when you receive Jesus and you get the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that he seals you. Until the day of redemption when he comes back. So you're saved. Now when the Holy Spirit gets in your heart, he starts to distribute gifts to each of us. Right? Prophecy and healing and miracles and the gift of giving, the gift of teaching, the gift of this, the gift of that. So that when the church comes together, he said that I've given the gifts so that you can encourage each other. So you bring your gift and I bring my gift. And when we leave church, we're encouraged. We're built up for another week. So it says this here in Romans chapter 12. In his grace, God has given us different gifts. For doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, someone say giving, give generously. So some people have the gift of giving and you don't even know it. You didn't even know it was a gift. So I want to help you self-identify when you leave. A few ways to know that you have the gift of giving. If when I was talking about the buckets, there was something in you that was saying, I want to get us there faster. I want to see Highlight Frederick come to pass. Some people have said this to me in the past. Pastor, I want a promotion because I want to increase my tithe and my offering. 
Some people have texted, email, spoken to us and said, if there is ever a need in the church, call me first. I want to pay for that. I want to pay that bill. I want to pay that mortgage. I want to pay the rent. I want to feed that family. Call me first. Those are all indicators that you have the spiritual gift of giving. And givers are the ones who take us as a church from where we are to where we can be. This is the deal. I set the vision. You set the pace. But you also set the pace of your blessing. So God always does this in the spring because he knows summertime coming. And we like to, we like to go. Vacation. Don't forget about the house of the Lord this summer. And, and let me give you a little financial wisdom. Do not put your summer break on credit. Sorry, I just messed up your vacation. Because when it's offering Sunday in December, you're still paying it off. And what you could have otherwise given God, you're giving the bank. And God got more money than the bank. So. Y'all all right? Them butt cheeks tight. I just lost like three new guests right there. They ain't coming back. They ain't coming back. I was like, butt cheeks. Sorry. They never read Freaky Church. That's the problem. <laughs> Dang it, I'm wasting time. Okay. Yes, um, January 2020, I, I came into the, into the church, checked the mail, and there was an envelope. And, um, whew, you know, all, all gifts are equal in the eyes of God when they're given with the right heart. So I'm not saying this in any way to discredit what we all have given. I've never given this much, so I'm in in it with you. But I opened this envelope, and it was a good day for a lead pastor. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I'm like, we can advance this mission faster and quicker in 2020. And this check was in the tens of thousands of dollars. And so... I said, I, I got to call this person. I, I have to thank them, pray for them. So I called them, and I got them on the phone, and I just thank you. Anything you need, let us know. I'm just grateful. But could you walk me through the process? Because this is not a small amount of money. And this individual said, Pastor, we just sold our house in December, and I've been praying about who I could give a large chunk of money to, be it an individual or a group or a charity. And they said within a few hours, the Holy Spirit said, give it to Highlight Church. And she said, I didn't argue. I had no angst against that. She said, this is why, Pastor. She said, because the vision of this church saved my life. Saved my life. And when I was down in the dumps, when I was depressed, when I was going through divorce, Blase, blase, blase. It was this church that stepped in, built my spirit up, gave me community, and gave me a new purpose. And so she said, I had to bring it because of all that God has done through this house. And so just like the text, the people were healed, the people had purpose, the people had access to heaven, so they would never need for anything else. They sold homes, they sold land, and they brought it to the apostles' feet 
so that the vision of the kingdom could move forward in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And this is what it boils down to. What we invest into eternity is all that matters. I'm all for it. Retirement plans, investments, I'm all there too. It's, it's all good stuff, but it's all temporary. And heaven is taking no record of it. The only thing that heaven is recording is what you invest into the kingdom. And I want us to wrestle with that this week. I want us to wrestle with the fact that God has given me this job. So that someone else, just one more person, could meet Christ. It's good. That there's somebody in Frederick right now praying for a breakthrough. Yeah. But they're going to have to wait another year and a half. There's someone right now in Baltimore, a kid, a teenager, someone in Rockville, someone in Bethesda, as we start these new locations, someone in Myanmar, someone in, in Guatemala, some, someone that's hungry. Yeah. But they're going to have to wait another two or three years until that breakthrough comes. Through your church. You remember when Jesus was standing at the temple and they were bringing the offering? You know what he was doing? He was counting. And when they were done giving, he said, the poor widow gave more than you all. Talking about Jesus, the grace, the grace guy, the love guy, who I can just do anything I want guy. Yeah, I'm talking about that guy. He was counting what they brought because it matters and I think God God showed me this that yes he was counting but there was a secretary angel in that text that we don't see that was standing next to their boss their master and every time he said copper coins silver coins that angel was writing that person's name and taking down that amount There's a story in the Gospels where Jesus teaches. He says that a rich man was successful, and he was so rich, he built, he built barns. He put his resource there. He built another barn, put his resource there, built another barn, put his resource there. And one night, God said, you fool, tonight your soul is required of you. And Jesus said, this is how it will be for those who are rich in the world, but who are not rich towards God. Where are our priorities? And Josh, part of the reason why we live in the offering zone is because every time God increases us, it's like, you do that math. I had asked my wife the other day. I said, "Um, what percentage are we at this year? (laughs) Because every time God increases you, he asks you to give more. Because he still wants to know, is he your God or is money your God? But I got good news, everybody. Y'all okay? All right. We are expanding Gaithersburg Granary Road. Come on, let's celebrate this, everybody. We're expanding this location. That's a beautiful picture. The lease has been signed. Finally. Because I know the last time I talked about it was December. And y'all are walking in the hallways like, ain't nothing going on around here. I know y'all. 
Ain't nothing going on. So, no, we signed the lease, and um, renovation should be starting in June. Let's go. And we're, come on now, we can celebrate that. Renovation should be starting in June. Excited. And it should be complete. We're shooting for August, early September as we head into the fall. More room for kids, more room for guests, more room for superheroes. You're going to have your own superhero lounge kind of next to my office, so... (laughs) I got mixed feelings about that. <laughs> but it's, it's going to be wonderful. We're, we're taking over the entire second floor. And we're also going to chop about half of the kitchen and um, make some more space in here. So right now we can fit about 180 people in here. We want to be able to hit about 230, 240. God is stabilizing Gaithersburg because we're moving into Frederick. And we also have, I always this is new to me, so bear with me, the right of first purchase which is a, it's a real good thing. Um, if the landlord goes to sell the property, he has to offer it to us first. And I believe that God has called us to own this building within the next two or three years. The entire building. So excited about it. And once we buy it, the entire second floor will be kids and youth. Downstairs, we'll make into the main We'll have a coffee place, and we'll own the parking lot, too. So I believe, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Because there's just not enough healthy churches, man. And how about it? Right here in the heart of Old Town, just the presence of God. And so that, that's the vision. So what, what can we do next? Well, number one, I just want to encourage you to return the tithe. Maybe that's, that's your next step. Return the tithe. Number two, bring the offering. This is seasonal. It's not every week. But whenever the Holy Spirit compels you, bring your offering. Number three, become a visionary. Join the visionary team. We're going to blast out an email on May the 1st, giving you all the information about how you can join the visionary team. The visionary team is a team of generous individuals who advance the vision of the church at a quicker rate because they have the gift of giving. So I really want you to pray about this when you go home over the next few weeks. Lord, do I have the gift of giving? If you've ever went through super steps, revisit your results. And if you scored high on the gift of giving, it doesn't matter how much you give, it's the heart to give. You're probably going to be on that visionary team. And so Yeah, let me leave you with this promise. Proverbs 11 says this, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped.